Welcome to the Sales Influence Podcast, where we talk about finding the why in how people buy. I'm your host, Victor Antonio, and today I want to talk about sales, but I want to talk about something more specifically. Today we're going to talk about elements of a winning presentation. So let's talk about presentations. What are the best presentations? What elements do they have that allow them to be good? And when I say good, presenting is being good at one thing, but being good and actually closing the deal is a whole other story. So when I talk about elements of a winning presentation, I'm talking about how do you do a presentation, execute it well, but how do you plan it out? How do you strategically plan it out so you can close more deals? Now, there's a sales process and there's a presentation process, and most people simply don't think about these things. You're going to start doing this. You're going to really start thinking about these two things as separate. For example, a sales process is, you know, Victor, we get leads that come in through, you know, let's say social media marketing, right? Then they send us a contact, you know, they fill out the form online, they send us the information, then we reach out with a phone call, then we set up a meeting, then we go to their office, we do a presentation. After the presentation, we may do some question and answers. After that, we may send them a sample, then we send them pricing or a proposal, and then we close the deal. That is a sales process. Today, I want to talk about elements of a winning presentation within the presentation itself. The presentation is a process in and of itself. So when you're at the customer premise, you're at their location, you're at their office, what's your process? What's your presentation process? What elements are necessary for it to be effective? That's what we're going to talk about today. Now, the first thing, as far as an element, what you need to understand about a presentation is that you got different types of buyer. You have different types of buyers in that room. Let's do two scenarios, B2B, B2C. When you're doing a B2B, you typically have four types of buyers, right? You typically have a management buyer. They're really concerned about the operations, right? How is this product or service going to affect the operations? You can have a user buyer. These are people who are actually going to use the software or the service you're offering. You also have maybe a technical buyer, right? They're looking at the specifications. Does the software, can we integrate it? Is it expandable, integratable, so forth and so on. And you also have an economic buyer purchasing and people of that nature, right? Always trying to reduce the price in our sales process. So you have management buyer, user buyer, technical buyer, or you may have an economic buyer. This could be one person, these could be four people, it doesn't matter. That's a B2B type of scenario. You think about what type of buyers you have in your room when you're doing a presentation. On the B2C side, it could be as simple as having a couple right? Husband and wife, just you're talking to them and those are your two types of buyers. So again, first step in developing a killer presentation is understanding what type of buyers you have in front of you. Now that you understand the type of buyers you have in front of you, ask yourself two big questions. What are the reasons for buying? But more importantly, what are the reasons for not buying? Because most of us don't think about that. We always say, okay, here's their why buy. Let's give them the features. Let's give them the gain, you know, the benefits of what we have to offer. That's the why buy. That's why they would buy. But we don't often think about why they don't want to buy. What are some of their fears? What are they holding back on? What are the reasons they're going to give you for not buying? Understanding that part is just as important as the why buy. So we need to understand the why buys, but also the why not, why they won't buy. Next, if we understand who's in front of us, management, user, technical, economic buyer, or a couple, and we understand their motivations for buying, but also understand their motivations for not wanting to buy, now we're ready to do a presentation. Now, 
What I want you to then do is begin to, in your mind, lay out a process, almost a sequence of what you're going to say and what you're going to do. By what I'm, you're going to say is that maybe you're going to ask some questions. Maybe you're going to deliver some education points. You're going to give some insight that they don't have. Remember my definition of insight, information beyond the obvious. What are things that you're going to say through your process that'll make them go, hmm, I didn't think about that. What questions can you ask them that you've already preloaded that you're going to ask them to make them really think about what they really need? But also as you're asking or telling them, I want you to think about what you're going to do because sequencing matters. Let me, let me just, I, mean, I want to pause here. Sequencing matters. What you say first versus what you say second matters. What you show first versus what you show second matters. Let me give you an example. One study showed that if I walk into one room, well, for example, I show you a glass and it's half filled. And I ask you, is this glass half filled or half empty? Most of you who are optimistic are gonna say, you know, it's half full. But one study showed that it really depends on how you show the glass and in what sequence. Let me give you an example. If I walk into one room and I have an empty glass and I fill it up halfway, the majority of people will say it's half full. But if I walk into another room with a full glass, empty it out halfway in front of them, they're going to say it's half empty. So in other words, sequencing matters. It influences how you perceive things. So as you're thinking about what you're going to say to the customer or what you're going to ask, I also want you to consider what are you going to show them during that process. Now, as you're moving through that process, I also want you to keep in mind, you already know the why not, why they're not going to buy. These are objections you know they're going to bring up. So do we wait for them to mention them? No. If you've studied my blocking objections series, you know that the biggest mistake we make in selling is waiting for the sales uh, the customer to raise an objection and then try to overcome it. In today's market, we don't want to overcome objections. We want to block them before they become a problem. So if you know why they don't want to buy, we've already talked about this. You've figured out what are the why nots then let's block those. Let's sequence that within our presentation, our presentation process. You know, within the first 10 minutes, I'm going to block the pricing objection. In the next 10 to 20 minutes, I may block the, the objection they may give me about, well, we've never worked with you before. We're unsure. Maybe I can block that objection. And as I move through the process, maybe I block the objection that we can deliver because they're thinking we can't. So, I want you to list out again three to five reasons why they won't buy, and then we're going to embed those objections in our presentation and we're going to block them. So again, let me slow down. If I know the type of buyer that's in front of me, and I know their motives for buying, but I also understand their motives for not wanting to buy, the why not, the objections, when I now move into my presentation phase, there's certain things I'm going to say, there's certain things I'm going to do. But I'm also going to be very aware that I have to block the objections throughout the sales process. And as I block the objections throughout the presentation process, rather, guess what? You will feel the resistance drop because as you block these objections, the customer becomes more comfortable and really trusts you more because you're actually bringing up objections. They don't have to. You're bringing them up. You're dealing with them. And that really builds credibility. Fifth point. As you move through your presentation, questions to ask, things to say, right? Blocking objections. I also want, also want you to integrate within that presentation engagement points. By engagement points, I mean hand them something, right? Have them touch something. 
you know, point out something, really find a way to engage them, to make it more, you know, touchy-feely. You know, really say, hey, check this out. Look at this, hold that, show them a sample, let them touch the sample, or maybe have them do something, really to get them engaged within the presentation process. So let me do a quick summary. The elements of a winning presentation process is one, know who you're dealing with. That's number one. Two, know their buying motives, their why buys, and also know their why nots, their objections, right? Their potential objections. Once you know who you're talking to and what their motives or non-motives are, the objections, what I want you to do is think about what you're gonna say. Let's say your 45-minute presentation, uh, through that 45-minute presentation, you're gonna say certain things at certain times within that presentation, right? You're also gonna block objections throughout that presentation. And on top of that, you're gonna integrate engagement points. These are things that you're gonna get them to engage with you on. What I'm trying to drive home with you is that every presentation, whether it's a formal presentation, one to a group, whether it's you to a couple, or if you're in retail, it's you to the person across the counter, your presentation is a process. And if you just wing it, you know, just go with the flow, you know, I'll, I'll just react to the customer. Well, guess what? You're always going to be guessing at selling because you don't have a clear presentation process. Now, asterisk, warning. This does not mean that you act like a robot and go through it sequentially. Of course, every conversation is going to be different. I get that. But within that presentation's process, that structure, you can be fluid. You'll go back and forth on certain things. But once you know your process, your presentation process, you can move it forward. You can even come back a little bit, move forward a little bit. You can make it your own. But you always know what the outcome is. You always know that you have to insert certain questions. You always know that you'll have to say certain things. You always know that you have to show certain things. And when you show it, you show it in the proper sequence. And you also know that you're going to have engagement points. You're going to hand them something, make them write something out. Anything that brings them in, you know all these elements are in that presentation process. If you do this, you will build that trust that credibility, but your conversations will flow that much easier. This is Victor Antonio with the Sales Influence Podcast. Thank you for your time, as always. But again, don't forget to leave me some feedback on iTunes, Stitcher, or YouTube, and let me know what you think. I would greatly appreciate it. Also, check out my sales training website, SeminarsOnSelling.com, or some of you who attended my SalesMasteryIntensive.com program. Thank you very much. The next one, uh, why don't you go to the website, check out when my next Sales Mastery Intensive program is. It's 12 hours, 12 people, 12 sales modules. I will give you one-on-one attention during that, and I will help you develop not only your sales process, but also your presentation process as well. SalesMasteryIntensive.com. Lastly, I want to thank you for listening. This is Victor Antonio, always reminding you, selling ain't hard when you know how. Take care.